Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman alongside Jared Kimber looking back at another day of absolute madness. Uh, It defied logic at times uh, today at Headingley on day two, much like it did on day five and other stages um, at Trent Bridge. And the same could be said for Lords as well. I mean, it's just been one of those series. I was complaining yesterday saying it should be a two-match series. Well, actually, I was wrong. This should go on for the rest of time. Uh, either way, myself and Jared Kimber looking back, and uh, this is following on. So, if you listen to the show, you no doubt know by now. England ended the day trailing by 65 runs, four wickets in hand. New Zealand bowled out for 329, in reply, England 264 for six. Um, I mean, I mean, where to start? Um, essentially, New Zealand came out, and there were some baffling tactics at the start of the day. Daryl Mitchell made it to, to century number three. I think he's broken the record for the number of runs scored against England by a Kiwi. Um, it's the first time somebody's hit three back-to-back tests centuries, uh, but he might end up losing again. Uh, Blundell possibly given out incorrectly, we'll never know. DRS wasn't working at the time. He was uh, given LBW for 55, but England dropped a couple of catches along the way. Mitchell himself um, surviving uh, one or two imminently gettable opportunities. And uh, and then England got the ball changed and just blasted through the tail. When I say blasted, it was actually Jack Leach who picked up his first five for in Test Cricket in England. Sounds a bit crazy. Uh, um, hold my beer, said the afternoon session. As Trent Bolt took the top three England wickets, all clean bowled. Lease for four, Crawley for six, Pope for five. And when Joe Root was out for five himself, uh, upstep Ben Stokes trying to do what he did at Lords and Trent Bridge and failing. Wagner getting him at second ball of the spell. And with Folks' LBW for a blob, well, it looked like England were going to fall in a heap. Uh, they didn't. 55 for 6 uh, became 264 for 6. A 209-run partnership between Jamie Overton, who's 11 away from a century, and Bairstow, who's 30 past it. Incredible day's play. So let's get on with it. Story of the day. Jared Kimber, yesterday I was saying that this should be a two-match series. I've just said in the intro that 
actually, this series should go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's probably some New Zealanders having nightmares who think it oh. is going on forever. Well, and Zach Crawley. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you take, uh, well, I mean, if you swap Daryl Mitchell with Zach Crawley, basically, oh, I mean, I mean, Daryl Mitchell could end up being the first New Zealander to hit three centuries in successive tests against England in England and, and be on the losing side of all three matches. Um, I mean, I've often felt with cricket, you know, one of the things that I find quite, I've just idly thought about over the years, you know, sometimes sitting alongside Guy Swindles in the commentary box, um, sometimes on my own, that it's, it's a really funny game cricket where you can go for, through passages of play where it just doesn't look like a wicket is ever going to fall. I mean, batting looks just too comfortable. Every, oh, I tell you what, I'm watching the uh, Essex-Surrey game and one of the batters, Pepper, looks like he's in a bit of trouble. Um, anyway, yeah, so, you know, you watch a game and it goes through passages of play. Every time the ball strays onto the pads it's just tucked away for a single or clipped to clip for a couple every time it's outside off stump it's you know play comfortably into the covers or you know cut away down to backward point or pass point for for runs you know drop short comfortably hit to mid wicket and then you're there for a day and every single delivery looks like it's got a bat batter's you know number on it i mean it looks like it's almost impossible to even lay bat and ball when, when the sheer, you know what it's like. We've, we've, everybody is fake who likes cricket, who's played cricket, has played bowling, which is just too fast. Or you just aren't good enough, basically. You're, you're playing somebody who's so ridiculously good at bowling that you, you're clinging on. And that's what it looks like. Today, we went from a position where Trent Bolt bowled one of the most ridiculously beautiful and amazing spells of fast bowling and within a second it was a debutant and Johnny Bairstow who was at the team of tests ago racking up 200 run partnership at an absolute ridiculous canter with the bowling bowed and just I just you know the crowd was so flat when the players went off at tea and they're going crazy uh, stumps. <laughs> it was just, it was just mad, and it's not even the maddest test this month yet. Yeah. yeah, yet maybe is the best way of putting that. It was the Trent Bolt spell was so. It was kind of what I expected Trent Bolt to do to England all the way through this series, and even when he's bowled well, he's never done anything like this. And the best Overton partnership was kind of what I never expected to see ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't well, get me wrong. I was there when Bairstow, you... Bairstow, yeah, because we've yeah. just seen him do it. Even then, even then, back to back. But yeah. Yeah. Overton, we were there when he made runs at Beckenham, right? So we yeah. both know he can bat and he yeah. lines up well. And Yeah, yeah, he could hit. But he's also had 10 years of batting where he's never made any runs, right? I mean, if he makes his 100 tomorrow... I, I don't know if we're all not supposed to jinx him or what the what the official law of that is. But, it, you know, if that's the case tomorrow, then we certainly have a situation, right, where he's going to make his second first-class 100 in, what, 80 matches, 81 matches? Um, and not only that, he was doing... Now, <laughs> there were caveats, obviously. Um, 
the ball started to get a little bit older. Although yeah. he was still doing a little bit. I wouldn't yeah. say it stopped doing anything. But New Zealand, and, and it goes in both directions. New Zealand have absolutely no idea what to do once England start attacking. Yeah. And England have absolutely no idea what to do to Daryl Mitchell at any time. Yeah. Right? And we're living in this weird like pattern of, I mean, they're pretty lucky that Stokes hit the ball straight to mid-off, aren't they? Like, I mean, all things considered, that could still be Stokes out there. <coughs> well, yeah, it could be. But, you know, and, and when he was out, that was the story of the day, wasn't it? You know, we both know, having been at Trent Bridge and being at Lords, that everybody is essentially waiting for England to fall on their face. Mm. No, it's not that we want it to happen. It's just that everybody is just, and you know, I'm not going to name names, but some really big, you know, big former large men stars <laughs> are like, this is not the way to play. I mean, you just, you get away with it once. It ain't going to happen again, you know? And I don't know if you remember Ben Stokes uh, Lords when he tried to smash Patel first ball. Uh, no, was it Patel? Was it Brace? No, it was. It was Patel. Patel. Patel, yeah. Yeah, Patel was playing. First ball of his spell, he tried to smash him to uh, mid-wicket, cow corner, and missed the ball. And second ball, he did smash him to cow mm. corner, yeah? And there was one, you know, guy, former England captain, he was like, that is ridiculous. I mean, you're not even watching the ball, like, you're not even giving him one ball. Mm. Like that. And then today, Wagner comes on, first ball, he tries to smash him. Second ball, he tries to smash him, he gets out. And I thought of that former England captain because he will no doubt say on air something completely different, but he is one of many people who is essentially watching this thinking, it's fun and it's great, but it, it is completely unsustainable. And then, yeah, of I, course, Johnny Bairstow and, Johnny, and uh, Jamie Overton at 200. Yeah. I mean, it probably still is unsustainable, right? If you remember, I think you'll see a lot of articles now talking about how the team's playing like Brendan McCullum. But you and I watched that New Zealand team under Brendan McCullum. They did not play like Brendan McCullum. Brendan McCullum played like Brendan McCullum. BJ yeah. Watling certainly didn't. Kane Williamson, Ross Taylor certainly didn't. Um, so straight away, it's it's... It's fascinating that he's managed to win so many of them over. I think the other thing that I find really interesting is that he's basically said to these guys, and you could see it. I think he talked about it with Joss Butler. He said it's impossible to him to think Joss Butler can be that good against a white ball and not work it out against a red ball. And if you look at what Stokes and Bairstow are doing, it feels like he's had the same conversation with them. and just saying, guys, we already know you can do this, so just go out and do it. And we have had probably, well, the last two matches have been flatter pitches, which is the other thing that needs to be mentioned about this is New Zealand probably did underscore, all things considered, probably because they were so slow, if nothing else. And they probably lost one too many wickets last night as well, Um, or yesterday, I should say, um, to, to really go ahead. But regardless of all that, the fact that they've managed to do this and are going for it, I think it tells you a couple of things. They... Bairstow and Stokes specifically are different kinds of strokers of the ball than other people. So that literally means that when the way that they are hitting at the moment, I'm not sure the rest of the team can really replicate that, right? 
which is fine. They don't have to. The other is that we're definitely going to see Butler soon. <laughs> well, you know, it is impossible not to think of Butler, isn't it? Because I was never really that sold on the idea of him. Um, I never thought he should have taken the gloves over Bearstow. I just thought Bearstow was one of the few doing a decent job. <laughs> and he got rid of him um, and he mucked him up. And um, and now he seems to have clarity of thought. Mm. And we're all kind of appreciating, you know, Bearstow just having a bit of belief, you know. I mean, there's um, one huge difference. Bearstow has always been really good in Red Bull cricket. Yeah. Um, and, Be- and Butler hasn't. But I can just see them going back to that. And look, the thing is, we sit here and we go, oh, wow, what a partnership. If Overton's out first ball or second ball, whatever it was, um, and New Zealand had actually re- referred that, yeah, it's yeah. very possible that Bairstow only gets to make 20 or 30-odd because there's no real tail there. Right? I, I know you, you, it's a completely good point, all right? But we've had this throughout the series. Oh, yeah, New Zealand keep stepping on G- breaks. What if, well, not just New Zealand. You know, you talk about Daryl Mitchell, mm. you know, he should, he should not have scored three centuries. Joe Root should have got yeah. him at Lords, and he should have been out twice today before he scored a century. But so, he's evening it up by dropping so many players in the slips well, as well. So. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's dropped more than he's caught. Um, but you can see that a McCullum has essentially freed him up, told him how he wants him to play. Alex Lee's first ball gets dropped or second ball. Um, you know, by the way, what a, what a delivery from Trent Bolt. I mean, Look, come on. That it's going to be ridiculous. forgotten how well he bowled in that spell. I think Cr- <laughs> Viz put up something saying that it was the most dangerous spell that had been bowled in years in, in a test match or with a new ball or whatever it was. And it was absolutely incredible. The Lee's delivery, there's no way to play that, right? No. Because the best you can do is edge it to the second slip. That, that's middling that ball is edging it to second slip, maybe with soft enough hands that it goes low to them. But it was flying, so I don't think that's the case. He did brilliantly with Pope. The way he worked Crawley over was absolutely ex- exceptional. So after two three-quarter cutter seam balls at Trent Bridge going across um, outside off stump and taking his edge twice, he's like, well, I'm just going to bowl in swingers to him this time because he's going to be waiting for the one that goes straight across. And, of course, he goes <laughs> straight through him. Uh, look, I thought it was absolutely exceptional. He's incredible bowler. Um, I think I found out today that they, they've taken – the three of those bowlers have taken something like 15 or 16% of New Zealand's total wickets. Whatever. Yeah. I find it incredible that a Wagner's only just playing now, but oh. essentially you've got—I haven't seen the, uh, the the rankings, but you've got, or certainly it was the case last year—you've got three New Zealand fast bowlers in the top ten of the rankings, and then Jameson was like mm. basically keeping one of them out the side. You know that is that is ridiculous, but they've—it does show sometimes when you've got too much choice. <laughs> sometimes. They, they got confused. I mean, you look at Wagner today and you're just like, well, wait a minute. If he is swinging the ball when he pitches it up and you can use him for his normal tactic, he should have played all three tests. Yeah. There's no and, reason not to have him. Well, the other thing is with Wagner, uh, it's interesting. I was speaking to Coney. Uh, he was saying that he's lost the ability to, to get the ball up in that. Yeah. I mean, he said that to me as well. To be fair, I thought when, when Wagner started bowling short today, he was unlucky not to get a wicket. Whereas when Matt Henry did it and Trent Bolt yeah. did it, and the last test I was like, wow, what we're just going to be fetching yeah. balls. Whereas Wagner today, like he could have got Bairstow caught at mid-off. Um, 
Yeah. I think he got one that went between the pads and the stumps of Overton. Another one hit the gloves, went up in the air. A couple of miss hits as well. It didn't, didn't work today, partly because um, at, it, there was no pressure on at the other end uh, because Bracewell well, w- shouldn't have been bowling. They should have been bro- bowling someone like Daryl Mitchell at that point. Well, but, talk, talk to me about Mitchell as well. Oh, so they, they go to bring him on. I think it was the 37th or 38th over, right? Yeah. You and I talked yesterday about the fact they had to bowl him in this game. Yeah. Right? There was no, there's no back. You and I have both seen enough of Daryl Mitchell to know that he's a better bowler than you think he's going to be. Yeah. He's not Jonathan Trotter, Paul Collingwood, right? He's that, he's that step up between, you oh, know, he's totally. more like a, not quite as good as Colin de Grandon, but more that kind of level of, he is, of, yeah, of, totally. of SEMA, right? That's who, that's who he came in for when he made his debut. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just that little bit better and he nips it around. So they go to bring him on for the 37th over and then they decide not to. So clearly they were only bringing him on because they, they wanted to rest someone at that brief moment. Then they decided, no, no, we'll go with our frontliners and they bring Bolt on. Bolt can't bowl because he's been off the field for too long. So Mitchell has to bowl. First ball, he bowls a ball back of a length um, on middle stump that Bairstow misses by a foot as it, as it moves away, right? Because slower bowlers swing the ball more. Yeah. Right? And that's the only – he's not better than the other guys, but slower bowlers swing the ball more. He's more of a pure swing bowler, whereas even Southie has become less of a pure swing bowler over the years. And you're looking at that going – You've not been bowling him all series. Well, he's never, he's never going to be more confident than he is right now. He went past Martin Donnelly and Bert Sutcliffe's record. Those guys basically built New Zealand cricket in one series, right? So it's ridiculous to not give him the ball. He, he didn't get a wicket, but you could – I think he bowled, what, three overs, was it? Maybe was it four? Did they get out of him? He could have bowled two or three spells throughout the day. He could have rested some of the other guys. Bracewell against Bairstow, we all knew what was going to happen, right? Yeah. Also, and it did happen. Also, it takes him out of first slip, so they're going to catch any chance he goes <laughs> If he gets an edge, it's safer. So yeah. I just think, again, they've, they've, they've made an error. And you see that first ball and you're just like, wow, this guy should have been bowling a lot more. But they also, they, they did a bunch of things I didn't understand. One was when that partnership got started, they, they didn't go to Wagner just bowling short. Well, but it's like at Trent Bridge. Why didn't they just... See, this is the thing. This is where it comes down to the captaincy. You know, why didn't they just bowl drive? At no mm. point did they just hang it outside off stump. I don't think they've done it this series with the amount of times I've seen them have that opportunity. I think they might have tried it very, very late with Bairstow and Stokes. They might have done it to the left-handers. I can't think of them doing it to the right-handers. But again, a perfect opportunity today to go to Bairstow. Okay, you're going to keep hitting, fine. We're going to go 7-2 field. We're going to put two guys out. Um, yeah. on the offside. If you want to hit a bunch of balls over the offside with Daryl Mitchell or Tim Southey hooping it um, yeah. uh, from, from a meter outside of stump, go ahead. But yeah, they don't seem to be able to do that. Another thing they don't seem to be able to do is just go to one day bowling. Like they're scoring yeah. at a run of ball. So they've already turned this into a one day game. And the exact same thing happened at Headingley. And you could say the same thing happened at Lords when, when Stokes went at them as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if they're turning it into a one day game, where are the Yorkers, right? Like literally start to mix things up a little bit more, slow, a lot more slow balls, a lot more Yorkers. They haven't really gone to those things. I, I, think there's an, I think the innings today, all things considered, probably had a much more of an element of fluke than we saw with Joe Root's score at Lords or Testo oh, and Stokes in, in the oh, last totally. game, right? Testo was completely in control at Trent Bridge and Root was completely in control at Exactly. It wasn't quite the case today. So maybe they were thinking, well, eventually we'll get a breakthrough. But I just feel like 
we spent a lot of time waiting. New Zealand in this series, I spent a lot of time waiting for England to make mistakes and England haven't made them. And New Zealand generally have made mistakes. I, I mean, I, I, totally, <clears throat> I totally agree. I just think, you know, that very often used um, quote about Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. I think it's a bit of that. <clears throat> I really do. I think they, they looked completely stunned um, at Trent Bridge on day five. They've been in winning positions in all three test matches. They may go on to win this test match. Who knows? Mm. But if they do, it doesn't really matter because they've already lost it. And they know we're in the World Test Championship. But they've also, yeah, exactly. And they've, but they've also gone in. They're naturally conservative. It's. I remember sitting watching in 2008, watching New Zealand play England, and I, I was so it was the most boring test day of test I've ever, I've ever seen. And I was just like, it's like watching England versus England A, two timid teams who basically play the percentages, who've got one or two really good players, but essentially, you know, it's all by the book, and. Obviously, that isn't like today or any of these test matches because England have basically thrown the rule book out and then they've shot it in the air, you know, and it's blasted. And they're snorting the ashes. Yeah. uh, I wasn't sure where you were going. Well, you know, it's it's just all the rule. But this is the other thing as well. The way England are playing, I can't see what... It's basically they've... They've they've either they're either going to complete cricket or they're going to break cricket. There's nothing after this for England in Test cricket. Mm. That basically Test cricket will stop. You know, next year or in the next two or three years, this is either going to reach the most ridiculous level of ridiculousness, and it's going to stop. And Test cricket will basically have to just pack up its bags and go, or the reverse is going to happen, and England will get bowled out for seventy every Test and. McCullum's going to be handed out and Stokes will have enough. But the same thing will happen. It's funny because I kind of see it a different way. I think what they are doing, and I don't know if they're doing this on purpose. Uh, I'd have to talk to people like Nathan Lehman who are working with them. But I wonder if what they are doing is basically turning batters in test cricket into the attackers. Right? So I don't just mean... I don't just mean in the obvious sense in that they're attacking because we've had attacking players before, but literally batters don't win you test matches, right? Bowlers win you test matches, but that has not been true of the last two tests for England. Their bowlers have been fine. Had some, had some good work, but their batters have essentially won that. That's not that often that that happens in, in test cricket, right? If you do that and it's successful. Well, they, Batters do win test cricket, but only in the traditional sense. What do you mean? Well, you rack up 600. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know. I mean, Bowl, but win the toss, bat, bat till the after t- uh, till after t on day two. Yeah. But put it this way. But you England, could, England you know, that's obviously not. You put Andy Flower in the Zimbabwe side and you put and you put Richard Hadley in the New Zealand side. You just, it's better to have Hadley than Flower any day of the week, right? Because bowlers dominate it. Bowlers in Test cricket allow you to win consistently. Batters in Test cricket allow you to be in games consistently, which is a different thing. But what the point I'm making is there's there's one way of winning Test cricket. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, as a, I mean, it's very rare you get to score 600 anyway. And, and, you know, maybe if you had a lineup who could do that. but, But if you look at it in this particular way, it's possible what they're saying is, well, if we can attack from both sides, then what, as long as one of our units comes off, 
we're going to be in the game, right? They can't bat traditionally because we've seen it. We, I mean, if Bairstow went back to batting normally, I just think he would have been another wicket today. <laughs> I just don't think he'd even be out there. Um, and well, so right at the moment, I think I understand what they're doing. So I wonder if that means that I'll be incredibly variant. So I backed Remember when they had a million all-rounders? Oh, and yeah. You didn't know from test to test what team was going to turn up. Um, I wonder if, if this strategy is very similar to having a bunch of all-rounders where it's like, it looks incredible when you win, but then you lose the next test and back and forth. I know we've seen them win a couple in a row, but that's also down to you know New Zealand and what they've been doing. But uh, in general, I wonder if that's the case. It's absolutely fascinating. And you wonder how much of it is strategy and how much of it is Baz just going, go out there and hit the ball. Because Bayless told them to um, attack over and over again as well. And he was a pretty good white ball coach and uh, they didn't go very well. But I think that Bayliss, you know, he was very much on the, he was a, an elder statesman who was yeah, very sure. much, you know, kind of on the, not the fringes, but he sat back, didn't he? I think McCullum is, McCullum is just a completely different kettle of fish. I, I mean, essentially all the players want to be McCullum, don't they? And, and essentially McCullum's got his, who, who, who he was as a player and it's Ben Stokes captaining the side um and uh who did who did baileys have alistair cook it's not it's not quite the same i grant you slightly different personality look the the whole thing's really interesting in how it will end up i i'm not sure i i can't see it working consistently but at the same time i every time i do a q a with fans they ask me again and again why teams don't try this Right. Well, well and look, if anyone's going to try I, it, England is the team to try it. Look, I, I've said this before, I know, but you know, I have heard, you know, a hundred times in my life with England set 300 on a on a day five pitch, and you know, Mike Atherton, who knows a lot more than I do about cricket, and everybody else saying, you know, you've got to go about things in a normal way, you've got to play your natural game, you've got to do this. And I've sat there and heard this for 20, 30 years and never ever seen England chase down these targets. And it's always been like, well, why? Because that doesn't work. Mix it up. If you get set this mad total and you try the normal way, then you're just gonna lose 19 times out of 20. If you if you go crazy like this, you'll probably lose 15 times out of 20, but at least you'll win five. Yeah, And that seems to be kind of the appeal. The other thing with England that I'll say is, you know, this is a side that could still welcome back Moeen Ali and Joss Butler yeah. and Liam Livingston and Adil Rashid. Sam Curran. Sam Curran. And um, I, I they, mean, I, if I they like this, Chris really, Wokes. Well, yeah, Chris Wokes. But, but, you know, I'm talking about power, match winning, attacking yeah. mindset. You know, all or not quite all or nothing, but those kind of players. Yeah, and, but the other way, the, the other way of looking at it is they can bat to number nine, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they can literally say to those guys again, have free reign. I thought, I think when England played its best over the, the last few years, so probably since it collapsed in 13 14, right? The time I thought they played at their absolute best was when they had that incredible, you know, five, six, seven, eight. Right, which meant that you know Root sort of had to do all the work at the top and the, the last days of 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 Alistair Cook. But the bit that worked was that mi- bit in the middle because if the top could give you anything, yeah, those guys in the middle could capitalize on it. You now have a situation where again they can look to go 
to go back towards that if they want to. Um, I think that that is really interesting. I just want to talk about, you know, you talking about them moving forward. It could be that we're seeing a shift in, and it's only one team. And even though England have changed the way one day cricket is played and T20 uh, and West Indies changed the way T20 was played, not all teams have picked up that, that method, right? But more teams are trying those sorts of things. If this works for England for any period of time, it'd be really interesting to see if other teams do this because mm. what they're really doing is in some ways, England are sort of copying what you see in the NFL or the NBA, which is teams taking huge risks to be able to score, right? So if you look at the NBA, everyone shoots three pointers. Now if you look at the NFL, people don't run the ball as much. They throw the ball a lot more. And the, and you can say the same, uh, you know, uh, uh, even in, in football, it's a similar thing. You know, all these different sports are trying different risky ways to do it. And what happens in, basketball and NFL and some of the other sports that are like this is you end up having like these huge swings. So that, so the uh, golden state warriors won the championship. And I think against Memphis, they lost by 50 points, right? Cause that day, none of the three pointers went in, right? And the next game, all the three pointers go in. And so you yeah. have these huge swings between that. It wouldn't surprise me if that is, I think some of it is McCullum, but it might be some of it have been just a, that what left did they have to do? You and I know there was no batters left, right? Alex Lees and, and Crawley still do not instill any confidence in either of us. Ollie Pope played brilliantly at Trent Bridge. Neither of us think he should probably be batting at number three. Harry Brooks probably the only one that everyone's waiting to see where he comes into this side. Um, although I'm not sure he's going to be batting in the top three if he does come in. So I don't even know where you fit him in at the moment. But essentially, you know, England had to try something different. And it, it, so far, it has worked absolutely spectacularly, it, but it's been massively assisted by the opposition. But as you said, maybe they've been punched in. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is going to happen tomorrow? So what is going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that England had to get an early wicket yesterday. Um, yeah. uh, well, today, sorry. Um, and that I think that panned out. That kept New Zealand's total within. Do you think that was out, by the way? No, it was, it was missing legs done by a mile. Yeah, Why didn't yeah. they freeze frame? They kept saying, we have no DRS, we can't show you. It's like, well, you could show us at the moment the ball hit the pad. Yeah. It was clearly go. I mean, to be fair to Sky, they did say it probably wasn't out. But I think I with all their cameras, I think they could have shown us that slightly better. Um, they're not going to have a new ball. So I'm assuming they're going to start with probably um, Wagner at one end banging it in. And I think that, Bolt is probably their best white ball bowler at the other end, but slightly better than Southie. He should just be bowling cutters around the wicket, literally bowling, aiming the ball in at middle and off stump and running his fingers along the side of it and saying, if you guys want to hit us, there's no pace on the ball. And if the ball straightens at all, you're going to hit it straight up in the air. Um, I just, I always think in partnerships like that, where they're unlikely, if that makes sense. So if Overton was a top order player, I'd see it slightly differently. But Overton having to restart again, with if New Zealand can get a wicket in the first five overs, it could be all over, right? Yeah. If they don't get the wicket in the first five overs and Overton doesn't go out just after he makes his 100, are they just going to collapse again? Especially if Bairstow keeps being Bairstow? I kind of think they will. One of the things I've always felt with watching England play cricket is that they play a lot of test cricket. And what that means is that they're used to being in losing positions and knowing that they, they can come back. Hmm. At home more than away, obviously. And what I find with watching touring teams who don't play so much test cricket is is that when they go behind, they find it very difficult to come back. Now, I know you only have to look at Lords to see that New Zealand did come back. You know, they were bowled out for 132. And that's in two, two occasions after, you know, they, they were in a position where they should have won the game. So they do know how to come back. But yeah, I think if England get past their total and put 50-60 on. I mean, to be honest with you, I can see England, you know, just, I can I can see England batting 100 runs past it. You know, if, if best yeah. over to can continue like they did, and because the ball is still only, what, 49 overs out, mm. they've got another 30 overs and you've got Bracewell, who is basically there, and they're going to get to that position where 65 overs, if they haven't taken a wicket, that they're going to be looking to the new ball, the, the second new ball. And they're going to be like having to hold back Trent Bolt and Southey. Mm. So they're going to have to bowl Bracewell, stroke Wagner, stroke Mitchell. It could be absolute carnage again. Yeah. The only thing I would say, which might help them, is we did see the ball reverse a little bit for England. So it might be that this is a pitch that allows for a little, I mean, we haven't really seen any at all. Um, and so I wonder if, that will give them an, a small assistance. Um, but no, you're right. Everything you've just said there is right. And it could go, it could go horribly wrong. I, I, you would have thought after Trent Bridge that they would have had four or five new plans yeah. for Bearstow. Yeah. I'm not sure what we've seen other than the occasional short ball 
realistically and a little bit of hanging it outside off stump since he started being in this move. Like, for instance, we all know Bester was one of the worst batters in the world when you just bowl full and straight at him, right? Is it worth literally setting a field just for that delivery and bowling 30 straight balls full and straight at him at a decent pace um, and seeing what he does with them? Because at the moment, it doesn't matter. If they're gonna, the, the short ball strategy works, but we also know that it goes, it can be really expensive, right? If, in, in the great days of, of Wagner doing it on pitches where, you know, it was sort of not inconsistent bounce, but sort of slow bounce, he could slow down the strike rate. But in Australia, he usually went for a lot of runs doing it. And in other countries, he usually went for a lot of runs doing it, right? But it took wickets, so no one cared. If you're already taking that punt, I just can't, and, brace, and a punt on Bracewell, just kind of feel that, okay, let's just bowl 30 straight balls full and straight at him. Is he going to hit 30 straight balls that are going to hit the stumps? My guess is not. Yeah. I mean, I suppose what they are lacking actually is what England have lacked as well. Someone who's bowling around 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Because, because with Bairstow, we know that top, you know, top of all cramping him for room, getting him on the drive. I mean, that Jameson is a huge, this is the thing. Jameson is a huge miss, but so is Colin de Granholm. Yeah. Because he really is somebody, he's not going to be going at seven and over, you know. Um, I think he's got the lowest economy of any seeing bowler over the last four or five years, doesn't he? I mean, he just doesn't get hit. So, and especially in English conditions where you'd think he'd be better. Um, you know, J- just Jameson, if you think about it on a very basic level, some of the cross bat shots that we saw today, he's just more likely to get a top edge, right? That's just, he's very tall, John. I don't know if you've seen this. He is. Is there anything else I've missed? Um, I mean, we, I, I think it's I think it's worth shouting out Matty Potts's first innings. Did yeah. he end up with one or two wickets? Uh, one, and that was the dodgy one. Yeah, I thought <laughs> Leach bowled well. I thought he got more drift than usual. Obviously, he got more spin than he usually would in the first innings. But even so, I thought he bowled well. I thought Potts bowled way better than any of the other England bowlers. So um, I, I, I'm still I'm still yet to fully understand what he can be consistently at Test level. But I think I think you and I might have been sitting together at, when he bowled in the first innings at Trent Bridge, and we were like, "Oh, this isn't particularly good." Since then, he's bowled better than he did at Lords, um, and yeah. it, it really, really interesting uh, uh, bowler. But yeah, I think he's I think he's worth mentioning. And as you said before, no DRS, uh, another sliding weird sliding door moment to this. Blundell might still be batting. Yeah, that was the thing. That's always that's been the big partnership. Um. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to mention, which I've talked about on SEM when I've been doing the commentary, which is I think we're going to have to crack down on how many times you can ask for the ball to be um, replaced. Yeah, that was the, that's the other weird thing with this series. The amount of times the ball has been changed. I've seen it in a few different series. I know they, people are saying the Dukes is a little bit softer, but I've seen it. I think it's since reverse wing isn't a big deal anymore because you can't polish the ball with spit um, in the same way. Yeah. There is absolutely no doubt that teams are just trying to keep the ball as hard as possible, as long as possible, especially for the wobble ball bowlers, but just in general, right? Which means that now, I mean, I th- I, sw- I could be wrong, but they, I don't know, what do you call it? The, the spear cuffs. Um, that's what I'm calling them. Because they, yep. they check if the ball is still a spear and they look like handcuffs. It's the best I can come up with on short notice. Um, they, um, I think they were out in two successive balls. Like I think England at one stage threw the ball to Maria Erasmus. 
he threw it back and then they threw it back to him again. Like, surely you can't check it more than every five or 10 overs unless there's an, unless it's literally, it's turned into a square. It's a bit like the Tory, you know, vote with no confidence. Once, once you escape the vote of confidence, you've got not 12, 12 months, but you've got 12 overs. Yeah. 12 overs you, and you can't do it again. You can't so you, have a, a you vote really of confidence to... and then have another one on Wednesday, can exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> you can't have a vote of confidence on a cricket ball and then the very next delivery have another vote of confidence. You're basically just having a vote of confidence every day until you get the right answer. Yeah. And also what they're doing is they're asking over and over and again until the umpires get frustrated with this, right? And eventually change it. And I'm not saying the umpires are, are you know, but there's a little bit of manual labour involved with the, with this ball. And you, you can push anything through with a thumb if you have to and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm just saying that this series specifically, but I have seen it in some other series around the world that I've been watching in the last year, year and a half. Teams are just asking for it over and over again. And basically what they're saying is, this ball's not giving us wickets. Can we get one that gives us wickets? And to be fair to Stuart Broad, he got that today. He did indeed. Um, apart from New Zealand, who had a ball that was swinging and then they changed that last test and then it went straight, which is like, again, I mean, what are you doing? <sighs> I yeah. swear, they are going to be, that's going to be a long journey back to New Zealand. I mean, <laughs> I, it is a long journey. I was going to say, what are you, of all the people to say this, you know how long it is. <laughs> I do. Okay, listen, thanks for that, matey. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, God knows what we're going to be talking about. I mean, I just don't have a clue what we're going to be talking about, which is kind of what you want after three years <laughs> of basically saying England's top order problems and their very savey bowling attack and the fact they haven't got a spinner. Ah, oh, this is joyous. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Following On. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's the place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit talksport.com slash dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.